Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report. Uh, Today we've got for you head coach Matt Rule. The Panthers added Chris Reed, who is a guard to the COVID reserve list and uh, delayed practice for a few hours while they tested the rest of the team. You'll hear all about that in Matt Rule's press conference. And then you'll hear from Troy Pride, rookie corner, um, on how he's making his voice heard, how he's adjusting to the NFL, and much more. And then lastly, you'll hear from uh, Chris Manhurts, hashtag ManhurtsHive, stand up about how he is transitioning from a blocking tight end into a pass catching tight end and what kind of mindset you need to be a uh, to be a strong blocker at that tight end position and then of course uh, since he played basketball at Canisius and is a converted basketball player into a football player we had to ask him about his starting five I'll go ahead and spoil that for you it's man hurts Ian Thomas Mike Davis Christian McCaffrey and Oh, well, I guess I won't spoil it for you because I can't remember who the fifth guy is. So um, anyway, I hope that you enjoy all of those on It Is What It Is. And if you have some extra time and you want to hear some more Panther talk, I would encourage you to check out Quick Blitz with Sheena Quick and Vashti Hurt coming out today as well. Hope to see you soon. But here's Matt Rule on It Is What It Is. Obviously, placing Chris Reed on the reserve COVID list, was that anything to do with practice being pushed back today? Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously we, we, placed, uh, we placed Chris on the, um, the uh, reserve active COVID-19 um, batteries going to, on the active COVID-19 to, uh, the list. And, you know, um, then went ahead and did some additional testing. And really just for, you know, kind of safety measures, you know, before we went out there on the field uh, after meetings, um, just just did the, uh, the point of care testing. And that, you know, that, gives the, that gives you the results in approximately 20 minutes. So we did our normal testing this morning as we got here. And, um, um, you know, just kind of listened to our doctors and trainers and went out and did, uh, did a second, um, you know, round of the point of care testing. Matt, Matt, it's Joe. Did any of those uh, point of care tests kind of uh, prompt you all to take any precautions with some other players that uh, were not at practice today? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Um, unfortunately, you know, and I, I'd love to help you guys out, but I, I can't um, talk about the results of any of the um, any of the uh, uh, tests. You know, obviously, I mean, I think you know, I think we understand that it's a virus and it's going to be transmitted, and so you know, just. Um, our doctors felt it was best to, our doctors felt it was best to go ahead and see if, um, um, you know, take those tests. And then uh, we were able to, once we kind of got everyone through it, like I said, it takes about 20 minutes for each person. Once everyone got through, we were able to head out to the practice field and, um, you know, finish practice. Matt, you may not be able to answer this. Sorry, it's Josh, uh, for the Ryan report. Um, 
do you have a, a general idea of when these guys can come back or is it just a case by case basis when they stop showing symptoms um, that, that it's different for every single guy? Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not really in the, in the, in the know on that. I know that um, Dr. Dr. Gritter, you know, and, and then league protocols kind of say when, when people can come back. So um and, you know, for then, you know, every person's different people that go on the list, go on there for different reasons. So um, I'd, I'd have to defer any questions really to her. She, she kind of tells me, Hey, this person will be back hopefully by then. And I just live with it, you know, live with her advice. She's very good at what she does. Hey, Hey, Matt, uh, Jonathan Alexander, hope you're doing well. When did, were, did any other players, uh, mispractice as a result of of this? Again, if I were to answer that question like that, I'd be te- you know giving you guys the results of tests, right? So I, what I can say is, you know, Zach Kerr um, did not practice today um, as a result of illness. Matt Paradis did not practice today uh, for personal reasons. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis did not practice today, uh, hamstring. Um, and I think everyone else uh, is, I think there's one other guy, Eli Apple did some work. Um, but those would be, you know, um, those would be the, the guys that have been, that were out there last practice that I, I believe did not practice this game. Matt, this is Brett Jensen with WBT. I'm curious, you guys were one of the last teams to actually have to place a player on the COVID IR list. Were were you surprised that it went that long, or are you surprised that it happened now? Did you expect it to happen sooner, later? What are your thoughts on all this? I I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just kind of take each thing as it comes. You know, like, um, you know, I my, I sent my kids off to school, and I think you know the first day, I think we got a, a letter saying, you know, hey, um, you know, someone had, you know, there was some sort of exposure. Julie's father's in a nursing home here in Charlotte. You know, there, there's, there's, there's been a couple of times they said, Hey, there's been some sort of exposure in the nursing home. So I think for, for me, I just, you know, I don't, if I expect something, I'll always be disappointed. I guess kind of roll with it and see what, see what's coming and, um, you know, kind of take each thing as it comes. I guess this would be safe to assume. I mean, you guys, I assume have all these contingency plans in place, no matter who it is that might get infected or might have to quarantine for a few days. Correct. Yeah, I mean, we have a, you know, we have a full roster and obviously the NFL, um, you know, if, 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 if something were to happen here moving forward or, you know, if, if something were to happen today, you know, the NFL, obviously they gave us, you know, less numbers in camp, but more, more numbers in the season. And so, um, you know, we would, we would just have to um, count on the guys that we've trained. And I think that's why a lot of our practices, you've seen, you know, a lot of reps between the ones, the twos, you know, the threes even, getting reps, um, knowing that, uh, you know, we might have to count on some of those guys in a, in a COVID year. How was practice today? And did you feel like you were able to get everything you wanted to accomplish? Yeah, I thought it was uh, one of our, one of our best practices of how the defense, you know, played some of its best football. Um, you know, I think Curtis Samuel continues to have a fantastic camp, uh, but he did a lot of great things early inside. Um, you know, Johnny Miller and some other guys are really establishing themselves on the offensive line. So I thought it was a really competitive camp, um, back and forth. Um, I mean, once they can't, can't practice today. And I thought it was two hard days back to back, you know, and, uh, the guys, 
uh, really accepted the challenge and, and took it all the way down to the very end, you know, running conditioning and, and uh, competing against each other, which, uh, which I think is really important. Coach Mike Salarte of Spectrum News One. The fact that you guys have two players that have hit the COVID-19 list, is this a bit of a wake-up call, a bit of a message sender to your guys to make sure that they're doing all the right things to make sure that they don't end up on that list? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think I, I think that everyone, everyone, they've, they've done everything. The team and the, what I've seen has done everything right. I mean, it's a virus. You know, it's in the air. It's affected hundreds of thousands of people. So we recognize, and all I think all along we've recognized, that um, you know, people would it would people we would have to put people on the COVID nineteen list, um, you know. So was I happy that it didn't happen for a while? Yeah, obviously I was pleased, but at the same time, you know, all I really care about is the health and safety of our players, and then making sure that we have really good plans and protocols in place. And so, um, in terms of do the players take it more seriously when they see it, you know, see it, uh, their their teammates' names ending up, they might. I, I don't know that, but. I would say from the daily testing to the to the mask wearing to the you know way we do things inside all the way down to even today, um, you know stopping stopping practice and meetings and going out and doing an additional test just to make sure we're safe. I think uh, I think everyone's taking it really seriously from the very beginning here. Hey Matt, one other guy I wanted to ask you about it. If he was out there and I missed him, my apologies. But I didn't think I saw Ian Thomas. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. Yeah, Ian. Um, Ian hurt his toe. At, you know, at the end of the last practice, and um, you know, I think they MRI'd it, and nothing serious. Um, just a hyperextended toe. So he should uh, hopefully be back. Uh, depending on you know, depending on how his rehab goes, but he should be back here pretty soon. Matt Scott Fowler from the Charlotte Observer. This is kind of an offbeat question. But I was speaking to William Byron, the NASCAR driver, and he said he ran into you somewhere in town, he said. I didn't get a chance to ask him the circumstances, though. Do you remember that? Um, I don't know that I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It's probably, probably pre-COVID, and that just seems like a different, a different lifetime ago. Yeah, I think it was. He's a big fan, so he's uh, he'll awesome. he'll remember it from both of you. <laughs> That's awesome. Matt, can you talk about the tight ends uh, and just like how they are progressing and what you think? I mean, obviously, for the last several years, you know, Greg Olson was here, Pro Bowler. Can you just talk about the the tight ends and how that's assessing right now? Well, I really like uh, Chris Manhurts. He's a tremendous blocker who's getting better and better with his blocking. Um, I think you've heard Teddy say he's really developing as a pass catcher. For a guy who was a basketball player, um, you know, it, it should come naturally to him. And I think it's becoming more and more natural to get open and win in space. So I really like what Chris has done. Ian's having a really good camp, athletic, can stretch the field, win one-on-one -on -one, um, until he got hurt. But I'm sure he'll be back soon. Colin Thompson has been, you know, he's a good blocker, uh, very dependable, uh, runs good routes, uh, extremely, extremely, extremely smart and tough and uh, brings value there. Uh, Tim Eric Hemingway, athletic kid, was out for a while, um, has all the physical tools to, to, to stretch the field, you know, and be a, you know, be a, a two-phase tight end. And then, you know, Giovanni Ritchie is a guy who's athletic, can uh, can catch the ball, can play in space, can be an F and be a Y tight end. So 
I think it's a good room, you know. Um, Greg Olson, as you said, was a, you know, a, a pro bowler and a, a tremendous player and a, a fixture here in Charlotte and, um, you know, just, uh, just a pillar of this, of this franchise. Uh, so, so, but I, but I would say I like these guys, I like their work ethic. I like the way that they are all working together and, um, you know, with, with what Joe's asking them to do, they're, they're having to do a lot of different things. And, and um, I think within each guy, you see a, 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 a skill set that they bring. Hey, Coach, this is Stephen Toronto from the Riot Report. I, I want to ask you about something you said earlier this offseason. You were asked about how you would uh, quantify success for this team, and you said, you know, if we have the talent to be an 8-18, I want to be an 8 If we have the talent to be 13-3, I want to get there. Uh, can you expand on that a little more? And are you a subscriber to the old you are what your record says you are adage, or do you feel like there can be a little bit more to the teams than their win-loss record? Um, so it's a, it's a very deep question and a really, really good question. I guess what I was saying was I don't want to be a team that underachieves, you know, um, I believe that players win games. And so you need the right, you know, you need the right players with the right mindset trained properly who play to a certain standard, but you know, you're a lot better coach when you have the right players. And so I, I, I believe in our players. I love our players, but I, as a base mindset, I believe that players win, players win games. And so, um, you know, I just don't want to be a part of a team that, you know, has, has a lot of talent, has a lot of superstars, has a lot of names, but doesn't achieve at a high level. I want to be a part of a team that, you know, their sum is, is, is greater than the, their, their parts. You know, I don't know how that saying goes when I'm tired of practice, so forgive me, but, but I think you guys know what I mean. And so, um, I can't, I can't, you know, we can't sit here now. We haven't played any games. I haven't seen how we compare to other teams yet. Hasn't been preseason games, but I just want a team that, that fights scratches and claws to overachieve, not to underachieve. And um, as long as we do that, then, then we, we can be really proud in who we are and the way that we do things. Um, you are what your record says you are is, the, is one of the truest statements out there in, in life. You know, like when I was at, Baylor and my first year and we went one eleven. I was a one eleven coach. There was no excuses. You know, I live my life by one of the things I say is, you know, I, I don't make excuses and I don't let others make them for me. And so that you are what your record says you are, but that doesn't mean that's who you have to be. And that doesn't mean that's who you have to be real long. And so, you know, I, I was a one eleven coach, but I was well on my way to, to, to try and find a way to win. And so um, that I believe that's true. Um, I'm really, really proud of what, what the personnel department here has done and what, you know, what we have done. If you look at, you know, when our 53 comes out uh, on Saturday, you go back and look at last year's 53, I don't, you know, you'll see a lot of turnover. And I don't know if you'll see that much turnover in a lot of NFL teams. And that's for a lot of reasons. And that I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying we have had a lot of players leave and we had to, we had to rebuild um, with good players and a good draft. And I think Marty and his staff have done a great job. And I think our coaches have helped um, supplement that. So we got a good team. It's a young team. Um, and I want them to, I want them to fight to overachieve.
Doing great, thank you. It seems as though uh, Teddy and Coach Rule, everyone wants to turn you into a receiving tight end. This part of you kind of laugh at, like, have, have you always been, or how have, would you consider yourself over the first several years of your career? Um, definitely the first few years of my career, um, I was used mainly in the run game, but um, every offseason, you know, I try to add you know, a few things to my game, obviously working on my route running and, and pass catching and just knowing that it's always a work in progress. Um, so it's it's good to to know that there might maybe an opportunity to get that. Chris, uh, this is Miles Simmons from Panthers.com. Uh, we saw a couple days ago, uh, or maybe it was last week, I guess, that Teddy was out there working with you for a long time after practice ended. Um, what did that mean to you and what did you get out of doing that with him? Uh, I think it's a testament to not only how good of a leader Teddy is, but um, his attention to detail with, you know, his tight ends and receivers is, is really admirable. Um, and, you know, just, just for him to take the time out to really uh, show me how he wants the route to be ran and, and the timing and the chemistry and things, things of that nature, I think that's definitely important, especially if you know um, you're trying to get a, a good base in chemistry with your quarterback. Chris, this is Nick Carboni from NBC. Hope you're doing well. Uh, obviously, had a delay today to do more testing, and you guys place a second player on the COVID-19 list. How are you guys kind of feeling right now? Obviously, numbers were zero for you guys uh, before this week, but about how everything is going and, and the atmosphere you guys are, are practicing in. You know, I feel pretty good with, you know, the way the, the, the staff, our medical staff, our athletic training staff has been handled, handling things. Um, they've really done a, a great job. As far as, you know, the people on the COVID list, I, I know that coach had touched on it earlier with you guys. So I really, you know, really can't comment on, you know, who or what has really transpired. Hey, Chris, uh, it's Josh from the Riot Report. I know that you're on the, the, um, the Social Justice Committee, and I was curious what your thoughts are um, about the, the past week. And I know that you're, the team had a meeting on Saturday and just uh, where you see the, the social justice initiatives for this team going over the next few um, weeks. As far as that is concerned, um, we're still working through and talking through, th through things as a team um, uh, with, with, with a few guys. And I know Trey Boston had touched on it yesterday with you guys. Um, I really don't have anything to add on that. Um, the only thing I, I could say is that we're working through it and we're, we're collaborating and figuring out um, a plan moving forward. Chris, uh, Matt told us today that Ian hyperextended his toe yesterday. Um, not asking you necessarily to play doctor, but uh, do you get a sense on how he's doing and uh, just kind of you would touch on the tight end group as a whole? Uh, I have no idea um, regarding that. I know um, our, our training staff will do a great job in uh, whatever it is that's bothering him. Um, but as far as the group is concerned, we have a lot of, you know, tough, hard-nosed guys that's, that, that works really hard. And at this point, we're just still, you know, working through the, the, the grind of camp. And, um, but I'm very, I'm very pleased with the group of guys that we have in the room. Chris, it's Elena from the Charlotte Observer. I was wondering, Coach Rule mentioned today and yesterday, actually, that he thought these past practices this week have been really good and like, you know, noticed a little maybe pickup of energy. How have you assessed maybe the past two days? Do you feel like guys have turned it up a notch or just how, how do you think practice has been? 
I think practice is going well. I think everyone is is, is really buying into to what coach is asking for, and um, and knowing that training camp it, it really is a grind, right? So um, understanding that and knowing that you know we're you know less than two weeks out from a game, um, I, I think uh, I'm pretty pleased with the, the way everyone has been handling things and and buying in, and um, you know we're just working at it. Hey Chris, uh, Jonathan Alexander, Shaw Observer. Hope you're doing well. I'm wondering, um, what do you think about uh, Ian Thomas's growth uh, this offseason you know, as, a, as a pass catcher and, and a blocker as well? Yeah, I think every year um, since since I've been here, obviously, and Ian has been here, he's always uh, make, making strides and getting better every year. And I know um, this year is no different. You know, I, I think the game is finally slowing down for him, and he's really uh, processing the game. And uh, a lot of that comes with knowing the book and, and – and learning and just getting in sync with the quarterback and the, and the offensive coordinator, as is me too. I think that's just with, with any one of us, but he's, he's definitely making strides and getting better. Chris, uh, both uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule mentioned that you're a former basketball player. Uh, what does that mean to you in terms of being a pass catcher, if anything at all? Uh, I think there's a lot of things that I you, you could definitely uh, transfer from the basketball court to the football field, especially in the pass game. Uh, I know uh, my size, my, you know, my wingspan, my length, um, just big body and uh, guys, those are certain traits that, you know, I, I guess you can't teach, but certain traits that just transfers and becomes natural once you're really out there on the football field. So um, I, I hope to use that and, and use it to the best of my ability. Chris, Mike Solarte with Spectrum News 1. Following up on that along those lines, do you, do you feel like as you talked about putting more tools in your, in your toolbox for your position, do you feel like now that, you know, maybe since Greg is gone, Greg Olson's gone, you and Ian can kind of spread your wings and, and flourish because you're not under the shadow of a guy that was a pro bowler. And we know all the great things that Greg did on the field, but this is an opportunity now for you and Ian to, to show that you guys are versatile blockers and pass catchers. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's on us to, to make most of whatever opportunities we may get. Um, I think sometimes you really can't control what opportunities you get. The only thing you can really control is what you do when you get them. So um, given the fact that we get those opportunities, you know, we're working hard every day and, and preparing so that we can make the most of them. Hey, Chris, uh, Jason Huber with uh, WFMT. Could you talk just a little more about, you know, being a – a, that good of a blocking tight end what kind of good because you know as an offensive player you you want to be out there you want to be you know catching the ball being a part of the offense but you've proven to make your name in this league by being a, that good of a blocking tight end could you just talk a little about about what goes into that and 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 yeah to put that kind of effort out there I think a lot of it to be honest with you is just a mindset um it's a mindset knowing that you're going to try to dominate whoever's in front of you um obviously technique and things have to be implemented and you have to take pride in your technique. But I would say more than most of it is just having that just gritty, tough mindset, knowing that you're trying to dominate the person in front of you. Um, and for me, um, you know, you, you would hope that doing that will, will allow you to see more snaps and play on the field, but also open more opportunities for you elsewhere as far as uh, in the offense and the schemes. Hey, Chris, I wanted to ask you a, a follow-up question, the question earlier. Were you a, a back-to-the-basket type of player or face-up uh, type of basketball player? I was a back-to-the-basket, uh, you know, garbage man pretty much, defended and rebound, 
you know. Um, so that was that was my game. Um, just just a hustle player, hard nosed player, and I, I think a lot of it, or some of it at least, is transferred over here to the football field. But that was pretty much my game. And Chris, hey, are you tired of seeing Mike Davis splashing threes inside the bubble? And when are you going to swat one of those away? No, it never gets old. It never gets old. That's a ritual that I see Mike do every single day, and I don't understand how he gets away with making one of those every single day. But that's another conversation for another for, for another day. <laughs> hey, on that same topic, Chris, we had Teddy and uh, and somebody else. I forget, but Teddy for sure gave us his four by one relay. Who's your starting five basketball team on the Panthers roster? Starting five, um, KK. I'll probably throw me in there. I'll probably throw Christian in there. I'll probably throw Mike Davis. And uh, Ian is a sleeper, too. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have any last questions for Chris? Yeah, Chris, um, I – a lot has been made about this Joe Brady offense and what he does for, for you know, wide receivers and running backs, getting them into space. I, I don't know that we've actually talked about what it does for the tight end and, and how you're seeing um, your role and, and Ian's role and the tight ends um, contribute in this Joe Brady offensive scheme. Yeah, I think Joe is, is, is very detailed in the sense that he's going to utilize guys um, to the best of their skill set. So at the end of the day, he's always going to put guys, whether it be tight ends, wide receivers, running backs in positions to succeed and, and knowing things that they do well. So um, I know that's going to open up a lot, of, a lot of opportunities for for a lot of guys to really, you know, make the most of it. Troy, uh, Jonathan Alexander with Shot Observer. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm curious, how do you feel like, um, you know, you've improved from the beginning of camp to now? I think um, it's been a great process, truly. Uh, um, obviously, you know, with COVID and everything going around and um, just everything that's gone on, it's been hard to kind of hone in on your craft. But each and every day, you know, us as DBs, we work on something specific, and I, I continue to do that. and you know, working to be better each and every day and, and the next day after that. If I could ask a quick follow-up, can you um, explain your shirt? Okay, so this is actually um, one of my friends, Jay Yurich. He uh, attends the University of South Carolina. He uh, has a nonprofit. And um, basically he phrased and coined this term, matter, matter is the minimum, um, talking about Black Lives Mattering, matter. And um, just that's the minimum of, you know, kind of what, that phrase means, you know, they're respected, they're, you know, cherished, they're needed. It's, it's so much more to it. But, um, you know, just a friend of mine that I, I, um, I've been repping, you know, he actually sent me the shirt. I bought it from him. And um, it's been good. Troy, Mike Salarte with Spectrum News One. What are you learning from the veterans in your group? I mean, guys like Eli and, and, uh, and Trey and, and, Djacks. I mean, what are those guys kind of showing you as far as you know learning the position at this level, and and not have obviously having an opportunity to to show your stuff in games. Well, first they're setting the standard, you know, for how everyone should play, how everyone should conduct themselves. Um, but just so many intricate details that you know 
obviously vets know about the game. Um, you know, mindset things, especially just like talking to DJ a lot about like, you know, confidence and, and you know, different techniques and how he does things versus how I do things. Um, Trebo, obviously the leader of our group, the, you know, outspoken a guy that, you know, you really follow and, um, and you know, just a, a, a well-respected veteran and a guy that, you know, I really look up to in, in terms of just conducting themselves, how you play, being loud, having fun, and uh, just being a leader. Do you find yourself uh, maybe, I would imagine you're doing a lot more of the listening than the talking, but uh, are they surprised at any of the questions you've asked them? Or are they saying, yeah, that's a good point, you should think think like this? Or, I mean, how does what, what goes into those conversations? I mean, it's just a back and forth. You know, it's a conversation between individuals that are trying to get better. And if, if, if I see a point that, you know, I'm, um, that I'm uncertain on, I ask, hey, like, how do you do this? What's kind of, you know, your thought process here? Whereas, you know, other times it's, you know, communicating on, you know, what we're doing on a certain play or how we're going to be, you know, here and here. And it's just, it's just a lot of good dialogue and conversation. Hey, Troy, uh, this is Miles Simmons from Panthers.com. Uh, there are a lot of you guys who appeared like you are – a lot of you guys are rookies that appear like you're going to be able to contribute early. Uh, how do you feel like you all are prepared for that? And did you miss anything by not having preseason games? No, I, I think, you know, we prepare well each and every day, you know, competing and doing our best to get better. And, you know, that's my ultimate goal is to contribute to this team um, in whatever way, shape, or fashion that is. I want to be a contributor to this team, and that's what I work for each and every day in my competition and how I how I do things. And preseason games, you know, could have you know shown that maybe for maybe some more fans or whatever. But we <clears throat> we do enough competition daily that um that you know if you've got it, you're going to show it. Hey Troy, um, I was wondering for you. Obviously, I know you can't talk about all the COVID the list and all of that, but just for you, how have you kind of had to make sure you're doing everything you can to stay healthy? Like, what has that looked like for you during the course of training camp, like, outside of the facility? What are you doing to make sure you're staying safe? Well, I mean, it's just about, you know, having my hand sanitizer in my glove compartment, having extra masks and um, everything handy. If I were to forget one, it's, you know, um, when my parents visit, having hand sanitizer for them when they walk in the door, it's, making sure that, you know, when I go to the grocery store, that I have a mask on, that, you know, I'm not touching things with my bare hands without washing them, and just, you know, being safe, you know, being courteous to others, and um, obviously practicing that social distancing, you know, not getting too close to anybody, not breathing anybody's air, and just, you know, really just being safe and things that, you know, uh, all the common people should do. To follow up on that, is having, I know, again, I know you can't talk to specifics, but having players around you, you know, now having guys on that list, is that kind of, is it a reminder maybe that like, this is real? I don't think you guys went so long without having someone on there. Well, I've always, you know, known that it's real. And and we understand that fact. And it's such a serious, you know, disease and topic that's going throughout the entire world. And I think that, you know, we continue to be diligent in our efforts to, you know, flatten the curve and, you know, being courteous to others, like I spoke about earlier, and just staying safe. You know, I would never, you know, want to contract a disease and give it to anybody in my family and, you know, vice versa, someone giving it to me. So always being safe, like I said, making sure you have a mask, washing, hand sanitizer, everything. Hey, Troy, uh, Josh Klein from the Riot Report. Um, 
you grew up obviously close to here. Um, your family's close. The, and your first game in the NFL is going to be played in front of no fans. Is that a little bit disappointing that your family and, and friends won't get to be there to see you debut? Or, or just what are your feelings about playing in front of no fans uh, for week one? So I carry, you know, my support system very close to me everywhere I go. So truly, yeah, they may not be there um, in person, but I know, like, in my heart, who supported me, the energy that I feel before a game, the passion that I play with, it's for individuals that are watching, that are, you know, supporting me from afar, that are just thinking about me. So in that, you know, everything I take into the game, fans or no fans, is going to be, you know, the same passion, the same desire, the same will, the same effort. And that's all for the people that support me. And, you know, them not being there in person doesn't really change, you know, what I'm going to continue to do on the field. Hey, Troy, uh, Jason Huber with WFNZ. What's it been like, you know, kind of going through this process with a guy like Jeremy Chin, who, who's very athletic, has, you know, skill sets where you're able to line up on different places on the field. And, and we've heard, you know, some players and coaches already say that, you know, you two are guys who have fit right in so far with this team. What's it been like going through it with him? I think it's been great. I mean, Chin is my guy. Um, we were working out, you know, um, obviously in Dallas pre-combine, and we ended up coming to the same place. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's all our entire class, you know. So many guys have put in the work, and we're all working together to obviously contribute. So with that, I mean, it's, you know, all the DBs, Stan, uh, Kenny Robinson. Then you talk about, you know, our D-linemen. You got Etor, you got Derek, you got Bravion. I mean, like Chris Orr, like so many guys are just all putting everything together and giving it their all, you know, each and every day to be better. And, you know, you just love that. It just, you know, gives you a sense of, you know, that's a guy that I want right next to me when everything is hard and everything is tough. Troy, um, I know you guys had a – the team had a meeting um, about social justice. Obviously, the the, um, the team has been pretty outspoken. Matt Rule has, Trey Boston. Um, do you feel like as a rookie that you – do you feel comfortable speaking up in that kind of setting? Um, obviously, you have you have thoughts on this on what's going on in our country as well. Um, I'm just curious about uh, how you think you fit into the the voices on the team. Uh, I think you know our team did a good job in you know allowing the conversation to happen, and um, you know I, I fully support you know what our leadership has said. But absolutely, I mean just having the conversation, providing my points. Um, and just, you know, talking through it all is, is a step in the right direction for, you know, everybody in this country. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough what's going on. It's tough what's coming to light. But um, it's, it's absolutely a conversation we, we should have and should continue having. Troy, uh, what do you think the biggest takeaway you took from that conversation? Um, I just think that, you know, there's different perspectives. Um, and hearing those perspectives is important to understanding individuals. And, and then, you know, just clearing the air. You know, a lot of things are, you know, not wanting to be talked about, wanting to, you know, be swept under the rug, but clearing the air, you know, making it open, making it a dialogue. And, um, and truly just with that, I mean, I think, you know, that's how you inspire and incite change. Um, because, you know, so many like-minded people you know, get confused about different points because of a lack of communication. 
And um, that's just, you know, how it's going. And, and I just love the fact that we had the conversation and we were open and honest with each other. And, you know, guys that were vets were talking to rookies and, and it was just, it was wonderful. Troy, uh, earlier you, you said something about there are four people who inspire you and that you keep in your heart. But I hope you don't mind me asking, but who are those four people and why do they uh, inspire you? Well, it wasn't just four. Um, I would say my support system in general, and I'm talking about directly my, um, my direct family. So that's my mom and dad, Angela and Troy Pride Sr., uh, my brother Chance Pride, a, um, a rising sophomore at North Carolina A&T, my older sister, graduate of Atlanta University and my two younger sisters, Trinity and Destiny. And that's, those are people that I obviously grew up with and um, they support me fully. You know, we, we talk on the daily, we make sure that we're in communications and you know, those are, that's my support system. That's, you know, my circle. Troy, uh, you may not want to answer this, but who's been the toughest wide receiver that you've had to match up with this training camp? I think all of our guys provide different, um, you know, unique skill sets. And, you know, you talk about toughest, but there's, they do different things that make them the toughest in that respectable, you know, regard. So, you know, and I think we have a great group of guys that, you know, can, like I said, do some special things. So I don't think I could just narrow it down to one. Um, but, you know, it's been some great competition, I can tell you that. Hey, Troy, a few, I think Teddy mentioned a few weeks ago, and we, and we, just, and we just talked with Chris Manhart talking about their four-by-one team here. The guy who ran track. Oh, okay, so I think, let, me, let me make sure I get this right. I think um, I said I had DJ leading it off. He'll pass it to me, second leg. Uh, we're rolling with Chen at third leg, I believe. And then... Um, and then shoot, I, I mean, I said I said Eli or TJ, but he, in either one, I think um, I think we could hand off to TJ. He would finish it off. But listen, I mean, there's no shortage of speed on this team.